He had just turned eighteen. They'd planned to celebrate his coming of age here in Boston, with a family reunited after the race. He had already chosen the menu, whole buttery crab, which you were allowed to eat in your fingers, and fries, and wine if they could get him served, the legal age being twenty-one in Massachusetts. Now none of that was going to happen. He stood between his mother and his older brother, easily the tallest of the silent trio. The only other person on the quay was a shirt-sleeved cop who hung about at a discreet distance. The salvage team had towed quicksilver of cows as far as the harbour, but now she was coming in under her own power. As the yacht came closer, the youth could see two crew, coast guards. Both wore bulky orange life jackets. As he watched, they prepared the little sloop for docking at the police quay. The one in the bow coiled a line. The other stood with the tiller between his knees and steered for the quay. Seagulls argued overhead. Although it was before nine in the morning, the sun was well up. The youth squinted as Quicksilver approached. Her Perkins diesel engine was now clearly audible above the background noises of the harbour, an apologetic cough. A stiff breeze blew from the west, fifteen knots at least, right off the quay, but the Coast Guard seemed to know what they were doing. They nosed Quicksilver's bow right up to the rough wood and metal pontoon, but didn't touch or scrape it. The man in the bow stepped smoothly ashore with his line, and in a few moments Quicksilver was secured fore and aft, with fenders to protect her topsides. She looked very fragile among the police launchers and workboats, and suddenly smaller than her thirty-two feet, as if she had shrunk as a result of her recent experiences. From where the youth stood there did not appear to be any obvious damage, and yes, the life raft was still in its holder, which was why the air-sea rescue people had given up so quickly. Come on, let's get closer, he said. After a moment he said it again, but still got no response from either his mother or brother. He'd been told that no one would be allowed on board until the investigations were complete. But he couldn't wait and he couldn't just turn and walk away, as his mother and brother were now doing. So, with his shoulder-length brown hair blowing across his face, he bounded down to where the yacht was docked. The Coast Guards were fixing a long spring line along Quicksilver and adjusting the fenders, all very seamen-like. "'What did you find?' called the youth. "'What did Dad's log say? Any idea what happened yet?' Coast Guard One, who had been on the tiller, looked troubled. "'Are you Martin?' I'm Will Brown. Sorry, son, you'll have to wait for the investigation. What about the log? Did Dad report anything wrong? Steering problems, for example? I'm sure they'll look into all that. Is that your mother calling you? Look, we're sorry about what happened. Where's the log? Can I see it, please? Just quickly. I'll be able to tell. You see, I've got the log right here in my bag. It's evidence, and it needs to go to the police. I can't let you have it, son. I haven't looked at it myself, to be honest. Not my business. Let's move, Will, said Coast Guard Two, speaking for the first time. Just one look, please, at the log. Just one peep. I'm sorry, Martin, said one. I've got my instructions. What instructions? Who from? Just standing procedure for securing evidence in cases like this. Now please step aside, son. We have to file our report. There was an awkward impasse. Then the youth's older brother stomped up, looking sweaty and hot. His baggy trousers flapped around his legs. Martin, come on, he said. We can't do any more here. You're upsetting your mother again. Leave the professionals to do their jobs.
The youth muttered his thanks to the coast guards. Then, after a final glance at the little yacht, he loped back down the quay beside his brother. How did they know I was Martin? he suddenly wondered out loud. Their mother was standing straight and rigid where they had left her. I knew it was a mistake to come here, she said. Come on, boys, we're leaving now. She turned her head sharply and began to walk down the dusty road towards the dock gates and the waiting taxi. His brother followed. The youth hesitated a moment, then turned to follow too. Don't worry, Dad, he whispered to himself. I won't let you down.